0: In this video, we're going over the category substances that calm the spirit. There are two subcategories, substances that anchor, settle, and calm the spirit, and herbs that nourish the heart and calm the spirit. As always, there are handouts and flashcards that you can download, links to those are below. And this video is brought to you by the TCM Study Single Herb Review Course. If you're studying for a big test like finals, year ends, or boards, and you want to study all of the herbs in a very quick and efficient manner, then the single herb review course might be for you. If you wanna learn more, stick around to the end of the video. So in this category, we're talking about substances that calm the spirit. So what do we mean by calming the spirit? Well, here we have the Chinese term called shen, which we often translate as spirit. And it turns out the word shen, this is a very uh, encompassing term that it can refer to a lot of different things in TCM, depending on the context. Here, when we say shen or spirit, we tend to be talking more about um, consciousness. Is the person? Um, awake and active and vibrant, sometimes we'll talk about that you can uh, determine the, uh, kind of assess the patient Shen by looking at the eyes. Are the eyes bright and awake? Are they able to engage and make sense? Or is the person, do they have a dull Shen where they're um, just not very engaged with the outside world? So that's kind of what we mean by Shen. And so remember, we're talking about the heart shen. It's the heart that houses the shen. And there's this idea that the shen, the spirit, has its abode in the heart. So the shen has to come home to the heart. It's like its house where it comes home at night and relaxes and functions properly. So if we have a situation where the shen is not being housed in the heart. The, the shen does not have a strong abode in the heart. We can see certain things that we could call a disquieted heart spirit. This is the term that um, Nigel Weissman uses that I think is good. The, the heart spirit becomes disquieted or sometimes I'll just use the general term shen disturbance, that if the spirit, the, the heart shen, is, can't find its abode in the heart, then it becomes kind of anxious and disquieted, and you end up with shen disturbance. So what does this shen disturbance look like? Well, we can have things like palpitations. Um, This is kind of a little bit interesting. I think in Western medicine, when they use the term palpitations, they're typically referring to the heart rate. Like they would just say tachycardia. That If the heart is racing, they would call that palpitations. I think in TCM, when we say palpitations, we're talking more about the subjective feeling that you can feel your heart pounding in your chest. And so you can think about that. Uh, maybe when you're back in school and you had to give a speech in front of the class and your, your heart started pounding or there was a, the the prom was coming up and you had to go up and ask out your date to the prom. Your heart started pounding because there was some nervousness. There was some uneasiness that your shen was disquieted. And so if that happens in Other situations, that's what we mean by palpitations, is feeling your heart pounding in your chest, or if the heart starts beating irregularly, as in like skipping beats and things like that, we call that palpitations, and that is a form of shen disturbance. Uh, Irritability, we could say irritability, vexation, things like that, that's kind of like you're hot and bothered, that the shen is not quiet and calm, it's kind of irritable and vexed. Uh, insomnia, uh, this is a big one when the, at, especially at nighttime at the yin time of day, the spirit is supposed to come home to its abode in the heart and find rest. And so if the spirit can't come home to its heart, you can't fall asleep and you don't have peaceful sleep. So insomnia kind of along with that is this idea of profuse dreaming. So even though like physically you're asleep, your mind is still real active, your heart, Shen, is still real active and jumping around. So you have this dream disturbed sleep, maybe tossing and turning, or very vivid dreams that disrupt your sleep. And another thing I'll point out here is this is sometimes something that would happen in the student clinic, and I feel like it especially happened with the Japanese style practitioners that they would just straight up ask their patients, Do you dream? or Do you dream a lot? And that always seemed kind of weird to me. And even later, sometimes the patients would come up to me and say, hey, when I was here last week, the, the intern was asking me, do I dream? Like, is dreaming bad? Are you not supposed to dream? And it's like, no, you're, you're, everybody dreams. You're supposed to dream. I think if you don't dream, that can actually cause problems. There was an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation about that. Um, but what we mean here is, When we say profuse dreaming, we mean profuse dreaming or dream disturbed sleep, that you're dreaming so much and so vividly that it actually disturbs or interrupts your sleep. So dreaming is normal. There's nothing bad about that, but we're talking about like on the on the kind of severe end of that it's like do you wake up in the middle of the night with a cold sweat like gasping uh because you had because you were having nightmares but we could also say that just you're even though you're asleep your mind is still active you're dreaming a lot very vividly it might cause you to toss and turn and so when you wake up the next morning you're like I'm not sure if I even I like I I don't feel rested when I wake up in the morning because I spent so much time dreaming and it was exhausting. So that's what we, mean. we don't just mean do you dream it's like profuse dreaming or dream disturb dream disturb sleep again because the shen is not um quiet in its abode in the heart something else is going on. Anxiety is a big one. Um anxiety again we can say like vexation and things like that where you just feel anxious. And um so, th- so those are some of the things that can happen when the, the heart spirit is not finding its abode in the heart. So next we can ask, what causes this? What would make it so that the Shen cannot come home and be quiet and relaxed inside its home of the heart? Um, well, we have quite a few patterns. We have, um, these are the major ones that we talk about in the book first. We have heart chi deficiency or heart yang deficiency, that if there's not enough chi in there, then the heart can't come home where it can't be quiet and restful. Or if there's heart yang deficiency, it's like, it's too cold, so the so the spirit doesn't feel relaxed. Heart blood deficiency or heart yin deficiency. So again, if there's not enough nourishment and not enough substance nourishing the heart, the heart can't come home to its abode in the heart. Heart fire, if there's heat going into the heart, you can think about like, Think about when you're like trying to sleep and it's way too hot and you're like, you're just hot and bothered, you're tossing and turning, you can't get to sleep, it's like, because it's too hot. Um, So that heart fire can cause agitation and so the spirit can't uh be calm in its abode of the heart. Or we could have phlegm misting the heart orifices, we can say... Sometimes what we say is phlegm confounding the orifices. And so you can think about this as in there's like a veil of phlegm between your internal spirit and the outside world. And so there, it's like you're looking through this veil and things are kind of cloudy. And we could uh, say that's a form of shen disturbance too. So especially if there's like um, confusion, forgetfulness, uh, inability to speak, it could be that there's this veil of phlegm uh, blocking the the heart. Uh, heart orifices blocking the Shen's ability to interact with the outside world. And so the, those are the major ones we talk about in the books, but, um, or that are at least mentioned in uh, uh, Bensky and Wiseman as the main patterns. But I think it's important to mention some of these other patterns as well that we can have liver issues like liver heat or liver yang rising, that if there's this heat in the liver that can go up into the heart and cause disquieted heart, or if there's liver yin deficiency with liver yang rising, as that yang rises up, it disquiets the heart and causes some shen uneasiness. We can have even just liver constraint or liver chi stagnation when things are not moving properly. That could disquiet the heart or cause some Shen disturbance. And even um, things like blood stasis. If the blood is not moving, remember the the heart governs, the heart controls the blood in terms of the heart is supposed to move the blood. So if the blood is not moving, that heart stuff can get constrained and the and the spirit can no longer find its abode in the heart. Um, so those are some of the patterns that will come up that would cause this Shen uneasiness. And in terms of etiology, we, we can have, just have like constitutional deficiencies or other things going on, but one of our main etiologies or shine disturbance is just emo- the emotions, the seven affects. So if you remember back in, Uh, Your fundamentals class, we talked about the causes of disease, internal causes, external causes, miscellaneous causes. When we talked about internal causes, we are talking about the seven affects or the seven emotions. And so remember that these different emotions can have different effects on the qi. They can slow the qi down. They can cause the qi to knot or to bind. They can scatter the qi and things like that. So one of the big emotions that affects the heart is fright, as in fear versus fright. When we say fright, the Chinese term is jing, and here uh, sometimes the image they use is like a startled horse. Like when a, when a horse gets spooked and then it bolts, that's, uh, that's kind of what the character jing means. So if we uh, experience some fright or shock or some sudden um, disturbance, that can upset the qi and make it so that the shen can't come home to the heart. But really, all even though we say each of the seven emotions goes to one of the organs, really all of the emotions to some extent affect the heart, that they can uh, exhaust the qi or wear down the qi. So emotional extremes, whether we're talking about fright or worry or sadness or pensiveness that can wear down on the heart and cause some of these shen disturbances as well. So that's something that we should maybe point out is like a lot of these shen disturbances could be caused by emotional things, but they can have other causes as well, such as um, poor diet, poor lifestyle, things like that that are causing some of these other things. So that's something we can mention. Another thing we can mention is the involvement of the liver. So we notice that some of our patterns involve the liver, but When we talk about the spirit, besides just talking about the heart shen, we can also talk about the hun, the ethereal soul. And just like the heart has to find, or just like the shen has to find its abode in the heart, the hun has to come home to the liver. And so sometimes we can have additional signs like insomnia and things like that, but it's due to the hun not coming home to the the liver. So on the one hand, we can think that if we have things like liver heat, liver qi stagnation, this can affect the heart. Or it can be just mean that the hoon is not coming home to the liver. And so we'll see some of these herbs enter the liver channel as well. And uh, some of our patterns affect the liver. So that's another thing is that there's, when we talk about uh, disquieted spirits, sometimes there's some liver involvement as well. Um, so you'll notice that when we go through these patterns, that some of these patterns are deficiency patterns, heart chi deficiency, heart yang deficiency, or heart yin and blood deficiency. So some of these are deficiency patterns, but then some of these are excess patterns like excess heart fire, phlegm misting the heart orifices, or you can have phlegm fire going into the heart, or some of these other excess conditions. So that's something that we'll want to pay attention to is when we're looking at Shen disturbance, in terms of our eight principle diagnosis, one of them is, is it excess or is it deficient? And we might use different herbs or different acupuncture points to address that based on excess or deficiency. So our category here is substances that calm the spirit, and this is divided up into two subcategories. We have substances that anchor, settle, and calm the spirit, and we have herbs that nourish the heart and calm the spirit. So our first one, substances that anchor and settle and calm the spirit, these substances tend to be heavy shells and minerals, heavy substances that weigh down on the heart, that if things are uh, floating upwards or getting out of hand, we use these heavy substances to weigh down on the heart to bring it back to its abode, to bring the shen back to its abode. And so these weigh down the heart and calm the spirit by virtue of their heavy nature, And these are typically used for excess conditions. One way you can think about this is like, you're throwing an anchor on a person. You don't wanna throw an anchor on a person who's deficient. Sometimes I think about like, you know, those wily Coyote cartoons where you're like drop, where they drop an anvil on someone. Well, that's what we're doing is you're using something heavy to weigh things down and you only want to do that in an excess condition where the patient is strong or the pathogen is strong. If the person is deficient and you throw an anvil on them, it's just gonna make the situation worse. So we have, uh, those are substances that anchor, settle, and calm the spirit. It's their heavy nature that's weighing down the spirit in order to calm it. But then we have herbs that nourish the heart and calm the spirit. And these are sweet tonifying herbs that they tonify and moisten, and they nourish the heart so that the Shen can come home to its abode. And so these nourish, these typically nourish heart blood and heart yin. And these are typically used more for deficiency conditions. So hopefully that that's obvious. When we nourish the heart, we're using it for deficiency conditions. So those are our two subcategories that we're dealing with here. So this slide, I think, that covers everything that we did. That we're um, calming the spirit to treat Shen problems like irritability, insomnia, profuse dreaming, or dream-disturbed sleep, palpitations, and anxiety. Uh, That's because the heart's function of storing the shen, storing the spirit, has been disturbed. And we divide it up into these two categories, whether we're treating excess conditions like um, heart fire, or we're treating uh, deficiency conditions like heart blood deficiency. So that's what we're dealing with in this category. So again, we divide up into two categories. This is kind of a weird one because I feel like uh, we're just going to do them all at once. I feel like if you split them up, it'd be, the, the categories would be too short. But if we put them together, the category is going to be kind of long. So this might be a long one, but um, those are our two subcategories here for calming the spirit. So let's start with substances that anchor, settle, and calm the spirit. And just a note here that for this category and for some of our other categories, we see that Bensky uses the term substances rather than herb. Now it turns out that the Chinese term for the, that we use for any kind of stuff we use in herbology, the Chinese term is Yao, which just means a medicinal substance. So Nigel Weissman just translates this term as medicinal. That's why the names of his categories are things like dampness draining medicinals or spirit quieting medicinals. And so he just uses that as a general term to encompass everything. But what Bensky does is sometimes this term Yao, he'll translate as herb. uh, Even if it's a root or a seed, he'll just translate it as herb. And sometimes he translates it as substance. So here when we say substances that anchor, settle, and calm the spirit, what we're kind of referring to here is these are not plant parts. Generally speaking, these are not plant parts. These are shells, minerals, and other other non-plant parts that because they're heavy, they weigh down uh, the spirit and other things. So here we say the taste is sweet. That's true, but generally speaking, these herbs don't, these substances don't really have any tonifying or moistening properties. I think it's just coincidentally, a lot of them are sweet. I don't think that really means anything. The temperature te- of these herbs tend to be neutral or cool. Because again, a lot of our excess conditions that we're, when we're trying to weigh down the spirit, they, they tend to be things like, heart fire or phlegm fire misting the heart, or uh, liver yang rising, causing heat going into the heart. So it makes sense that a lot of these would want to be cool in temperature. The entering channels are the heart and the liver. So we can think about that where um, calming the uh, the heart spirit, we're weighing things down in the heart. So of course they enter the heart channel. Remember a lot of those patterns were liver patterns as well. So um, a lot of these herbs enter the liver channel as well, also because we're anchoring liver yang rising. Or you could think about that the liver houses the hoon, and that could be a component of calming the spirit as well. So our entering channels are the heart and the liver. The main action is to anchor and calm the spirit. And uh, some cautions and contraindications. These herbs are minerals which are difficult to digest, so it can very easily injure the stomach cheese. So um, these minerals... They're not necessarily like rich and sticky and cloying like some of our other herbs, but just because they're minerals, they can be difficult to digest. You might remember, um, back when we got, when we were in the food stagnation category, we talked about Shen Chu, Massa Medicata Fermentata. It's like a, a little fermented cake. And we said, in terms of helping with digestion, we said one of the things that Shen Chu is used for is when we have a lot of minerals in our formula, we can add Shen Chu to help digest those minerals. So that's just something um, to keep in mind that these can be uh, a little bit difficult to digest just because they're minerals. And also, we say these herbs are not for long term use because they're, again, we're treating excess conditions, they're very heavy, they weigh the spirit down. If we use them for too long, that can actually wear down the chi and cause additional problems. Again, again, you're putting an anchor on someone, you don't wanna do that long-term. Some other things we can point out is, Again, like we said, these are heavy substances that weigh down the heart to calm the spirit, but they can also weigh down other things as well. So in addition to weighing down the heart spirit, they can also weigh down ascendant liver yang. So if we have liver yang rising, it can anchor liver yang rising. Sometimes even if you have rebellious lung chi or rebellious stomach chi, by virtue of their heavy nature, they can weigh down that chi rebellion as well. So sometimes we'll use this for other things besides just... um uh, weighing down the heart spirit i think we saw this with other er- other minerals like digesture. and um uh we should also know these substances mainly treat the branch symptoms of shen disturbance so we need to combine it with other herbs that treat the root so these herbs are heavy herbs that are weighing down the spirit but we need to we need to use the other herbs that Say, if we're dealing with heart fire, we need to e- combine it with herbs that drain heart fire. If we have uh, liver yang rising going into the heart, we need to combine it with herbs that tonify liver yin and anchor liver yang rising, things like that. So these will help calm the spirit by virtue of their heavy nature, but we still need to treat the root cause. And um, another thing I needed to add in here, because these herbs are shells and minerals, they tend to have a longer cooking time just because they're, they're minerals, it's more difficult to extract their medicinal qualities. And so we have to cook them longer. So normally what we do is in a normal decoction, you just put all the herbs together and boil it for 30 to 60, uh, 30 minutes. Uh, what we're gonna do with these herbs is you might add your, your heavy shells and minerals first and boil it for 30 to 60 minutes by itself. And then you'll add in the rest of the herbs and boil it the normal 30 minutes more. So, so just that the mineral parts get that extra cooking time just because they need extra time to extract those medicinal qualities. So that's substances that substance is the anchor and calm the spirit. And our first one here is long goo, fossilia osis mastidae. Long goo, fossilia osis mastidae. And this is dragon bone. So, of course, we don't use real dragons. Dragons are an endangered species, so we don't use real dragon bone anymore. What we mean by this is we're using uh, the fossilized bones of other animals. And so sometimes the Latin name will be different depending on which specific bone it is, but this is the fossilized bones of like cows, horses, deer, elephants, I think even fossilized rhinoceros bones. Again, so just to be clear, we're not, we're not killing rhinoceroses. This is rhinoceroses that died a long time ago and we found their fossilized bones. But I think more likely it's fossilized bones of cows and horses, deers that we dug up and found. So that's what we mean by long goo, fossilized bone. And so long Gu, it, um, it has a lot of actions and all of them are important, but number one, it anchors and settles the spirit. So again, this is a, this is like a bone. It's a mineral. It's heavy nature is weighing down on the spirit to treat things like restlessness, insomnia, palpitations, anxiety, and mania withdrawal. I'm not sure if we talked about this before, but mania withdrawal, um, the Chinese term is, uh, I think Quan Dian. And, um, and so it's kind of like, a maybe the the tcm version of bipolar disorder where sometimes you're 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 in a state of mania or you're really you're happy and like too happy too active you're manic and then you switch from that and going into a withdrawal phase where you're kind of more withdrawn and more depressed um so we call that mania withdrawal, and that's another example of a shun disturbance. So uh, the, this heavy substance will, will weigh down the spirit so that you don't go to those two extremes. So of course, long, we're in the category anchor, settle, and calm. So this uh, long goo anchors and settles the spirit. But besides anchoring and weighing down the spirit, uh, Longgu also anchors liver yang rising as well. So, if we have some liver yin deficiency, there's an imbalance between yin and yang. The liver yin can't anchor things down, so the yang starts rising upward. And we see things like irritability, restlessness, dizziness, blurred vision, the liver goes to the eyes, irritability, or um, sorry, irascibility. I, that was a funny um, Wiseman term that I wanted to include that. Like, oh, my patient is being irascible. That means they have a bad temper. Um, When there's yin deficiency, the liver can't root things down, so the yang rises upwards. So sometimes we'll use long even if we don't have these uh, spirit problems like insomnia or palpitations. But if we just have liver yang rising, then long can anchor down that liver yang rising. But again, just make sure you know that we're treating the branch symptoms. We're not necessarily treating the root cause of liver yin deficiency. So it can anchor down the heart. It can anchor down liver yang rising. Also interesting here is it induces astringency to stop leakage. So like we just talked about on the stabilize and bond category when you have leakage of fluids or leakage of essence. So this is for seminal emission, vaginal discharge, frequent urination, flooding and spotting. So um, uh, uterine bleeding or profuse menses with spotting between periods, that's, that's leakage of blood. Uh, spontaneous sweating and night sweats. So this is uh, mainly for lower jaw leakage, like leakage of essence or bleeding, and then also for like lung leakage, uh, like sweating. This not necessarily for diarrhea was our other type of leakage. So we don't really see it for that, but we do see it for both sweating and leakage of essence. And if we're going to use longgu for this function of inducing astringency to stop leakage, we want to use it in its calcined form, called duan longgu. So maybe you remember at the very beginning when we talked about the different methods of preparation for herbs. We talked about things like you can stir fry herbs in honey, you can stir fry herbs in ginger juice or in vinegar. Well, one of our methods of preparation was calcining or duan. And what we mean here, calcining is pretty much only used for shells and minerals because what we're doing here is we're heating up the er, the the substance to a really high temperature. And so this isn't like you put it in your oven and bake it at 350 degrees. This is more like you take a mineral and put it in a kiln and heat it up to 750 or over a thousand degrees until it's red hot. That's the process of calcining. And this does a couple things. to some extent, what this does is it make, it just makes the, uh, the substances more brittle and easier to pulverize. So especially if you wanted to use something in a powdered form, that makes it easy to grind up into a powder. I think we saw this with like shergao gypsum. If we want to use, grind it into a powder and use it topically, we, we can calcine it first and that makes it easier to grind into a powder. But in this situation, when we do this calcining process, that actually emphasizes its function of inducing astringency to stop leakage. And um, if you want to look this process up, um, you can uh, Google calcining. And what, the reason we do this with certain minerals is the extreme heat can actually change the chemical composition. So if you want to go on Wikipedia and look up quicklime, it's it's, it's something like calcium, the, the heat changes the chemical structure from like calcium carbonate to calcium oxide or something like that. And that's how we make cement. So um, that's what's happening here when we calcine it, when we heat this up to this very high temperature, it's actually changing the chemical composition. And what that means for us in TCM is that it enhances its ability to stop leakage, both leakage of essence and sweating. We also say that long Gu closes sores and generates flesh for uh, chronic non-healing sores. And this is just something that we've seen fairly often with um, different minerals and bones. Remember, I think we saw the same thing with like high piao shao, cuttlefish bone, and things like that. So a lot of our minerals can be um, used in this way. And again, here you would use uh, the calcined duan longgu. And this one, again, like we talked about with high piao shao, you can apply it topically as a powder. And again, by calcining it, that makes it easier to grind into a powder. So that's longgu several actions, but all of them are important. So it's heavy and weighs things down. When we say it weighs things down, we mean it weighs down the heart spirit, but also weighs down liver yang rising. And then we'll see it very commonly used for this action of inducing astringency as well. So notice here the temperature is neutral, so we can use it for hot or cold conditions. We say the taste is sweet, but also astringent in property. So I think this is a good example of using the term astringent where Sometimes we we, students will ask, what's the difference between sour and astringent because they basically do the same thing. I think here what we're talking about is that if you took long goo and you put it in your mouth, it wouldn't actually taste sour. You You wouldn't taste a sour flavor on your tongue, but it still has this action of inducing astringency. So that's why we mark it as astringent rather than sour because it doesn't have a sour flavor, but it does have this puckering action that will induce astringency um you can see our entering channels kind of make sense here and then um because we're weighing down the heart so it goes to the heart channel we're weighing down the liver so it goes to the liver channel um we're stopping kidney leakage so it goes to the kidney channel for that um leakage of urine leakage of essence notice here the dosage is higher than normal this is something we probably should have mentioned before that when we have these heavy shells and heavy minerals we need a larger dosage and this just has to do with the density of the substance it's like if we stuck with our normal nine gram dosage, it would only be a really little bit of a long goo. It would be hardly anything. So we need a larger dose. We need a larger weight, just so that we have a good amount to fill up our pot. So we use a larger than average dosage, very common with minerals. And then we um, uh, cook it 30 to 60 minutes longer than the rest of the decoction. Or we can say you cook it first or pre-decoct it before you add the other ingredients. So that's long goo. Um yeah, dosage is larger, boil 30 to 60 minutes longer, has a longer cooking time. And the name Longgu literally means dragon bone. So long means dragon. So um, like Bruce Lee had the nickname Xiao long, little dragon. Or if you watch the movie Kung Fu Panda, uh, the villain in that is Tai Long, which means great dragon. Uh, but we've also seen this in other herbs like we had... Um, Long dan sao is dragon gallbladder herb. Long means dragon. Or previously we learned long yan ro dragon eye flesh. So this is a term that comes up. And gu means bone. That that one might come up more in like acupuncture points. Sometimes the word gu comes up when the points are right next to the bone. Um, but we saw this before with like tiger bone as hugu. So anyway, longu dragon bone. But again, we don't use real dragons. That would be mean. Dragons are an endangered species, so we use. So when we say this, we actually um, are using fossilized bones of other animals. In fact, sometimes the Latin name for this will be um, will be os draconis. So the Latin name is also literally dragon bone. But really, we're using things like fossilized uh, cow. Deer and horse bone. So that's Longu Fossilia osus mastidae. The next one is very similar, Mu Li, Austriae concha. Mu Li, Austriae concha. And this is oyster shell. So another heavy mineral. So not really, I guess, not really like a bone, but very similar in, in, to a bone, I would think. It's the, anyway, oyster shell. So longu and muli are very similar. They're often used together as paired herbs. We'll see this come up in formulas we'll, where it will be things like ja, longu muli tong, where longu and muli are used together, or chai, hu, jia, longu, muli, tong, where longu and muli are used together. So they have very similar properties, but let's see if we can find any differences between the two. So first of all, it's a heavy mineral, so it anchors and settles the spirit. For those things we talked about, like palpitations, anxiety, restlessness, and insomnia. So by weighing things down, it anchors the spirit uh, to its abode in the heart. And, and like uh, Longu, it also anchors liver yang rising as well for things like irritability, insomnia, dizziness, headache. When that yang goes up into the head, you get things like dizziness, headache, tinnitus, blurred vision, uh, again, irascibility or bad temper. Um, but what's interesting about this one is um, besides just treating the branch symptoms of weighing things down, Bensky will actually say this also has an action of. Benefiting yin as well. So, this one is cool in temperature. And so, besides just anchoring things down, it does also maybe have some action of benefiting the yin, which is the root cause of this liver yang rising. So, that's one difference we can say about Muli. Uh, same as before, uh, it, Muli also induces astringency to stop leakage for spontaneous sweating, night sweat, seminal emission, of vaginal discharge, uh, again, flooding and spotting. Again, we're going to want to use it in its calcined form. Uh, called duan Mooli. Again, this is how they made, back in the day, they made quicklime, um, which I think is a primitive form of cement, by calcining oyster shells. And what we can say here is because Mooli has this action of benefiting yin, and because it's cool in temperature, it's especially useful when we have these sweating conditions due to yin deficiency, or we have steaming bone disorder, or we have other heat conditions that are causing uh, sweating, especially night sweats. So that's maybe one way we can differentiate this, where Longu was a little bit more neutral in temperature, Muli is more cool in temperature, so it might be these sweating conditions where there's some heat signs as well. Uh, The other thing that's different about here is Mouli also has an action of softening, hardness, and dissipating nodules as well. So, especially for lumps on the neck like goiter and scrofula. So, we can see that Mouli is salty in flavor, so it softens hardness and masses. And so, we might combine this with other herbs we learned like, remember, shen. Uh, In the cool the blood category, shuan shen is also salty in flavor. And the name of that herb is scrofularii radix. So it's really good for scrofula. Here's another one that softens those uh, nodules for things like goiter. And we also say it can reduce stomach acid as well. So basically this would be like uh, acid reflux. So abdominal pain, acid regurgitation, sour taste in the mouth. And so this might be another one that we'd use with like Hai Piao Shao, Cuttlefish Bone, had a similar action. So those are some of the differences. But notice, again, notice that li is cool in temperature as opposed to Long Gu, which was neutral. And so we might use it more when there's heat conditions or if there's some uh, yin deficiency. When you say it, it it's cool in temperature, it also benefits yin. It's, again, astringent in um, property because it induces astringency. It's salty in flavor to soften hardness, but then it's astringent to... Um, Stop leakage. Again, the dosage is higher than average and we cook it uh, 30 to 60 minutes longer like we'll see commonly in this one. So that's mooli oyster shell. I think this is, um, I think they also feed this to chickens a lot. So, like, if you go to a, a farm feed supply store, so like Rural King, they, when you go to their feed section, sometimes you can, uh, buy huge 60 pound bags of oyster shell. And the idea is that it helps with the minerals for the chickens. So, if your, if your chicken eggs are really thin and brittle, you can feed them oyster shell and then you'll get some nice thick, uh, eggshells. So, that's mooly. Anyway, uh, the point here is long and muli are paired herbs. They're very often used together. They have very similar functions in terms of anchoring and weighing things down, both weighing down heart spirit and weighing down liver yang rising. They both have a very good action of inducing astringency to stop sweating and to stop lower jowl leakage. We should just know that muli is different because it also has this action of benefiting in, but also it has this additional function of softening hardness and masses, especially for goiter and scrofula, So that's longgu and muli. I would say those are the two most important uh, substances in this category. Those are the ones you're gonna be, see being used the most. The other ones don't necessarily come up very often, but let's go ahead and take a look at them. So here we have si shu magnetitum. si shu magnetitum. And like it sounds, this is magnetite. So, uh, so sure anchors and cells and columns of spirit. So magnetite, obviously a heavy mineral that can weigh things down. So it's good for restlessness, palpitations, insomnia, and tremors. And this is especially when there's kidney deficiency with liver yang rising. Um, and then we could also say it's good for kidney, kidney deficiency and liver yang rising, even if you don't see these shen problems. So if you only have, uh, if you have these symptoms like dizziness, vertigo, Um, where the yang is going up into the head, you don't necessarily need to see shun disturbance in order to use the sure that also anchors things down and tonifies the kidney uh, to treat these symptoms. So sure also sharpens hearing and brightens the eyes. So, for deafness and dim vision due to liver and kidney deficiency, so you can think that the ears belong to the kidney. So, by tonifying the kidneys, you help the ears. You can think that the eyes belong to the liver. So, by subduing liver yang rising, you're helping. Uh, you're helping the eyes. So, this is just kind of an interesting action that it sharpens hearings and, and brightens the eyes. I think Bensky actually puts this under the category of tonifies kidney and subdues liver yang, but I just thought it was interesting, so I put it out as a separate function like we do in Wiseman. And Sushir also has an action of helping the kidney graft lung qi. This is something that we talked about in the category herbs that tonify yang, that when kidney is deficient, I guess what we should say, when you breathe in your lung qi, uh, the the chi the lung has to absorb the chi of the air, but the kidney also has to rise up and grasp it. So if the kidney is deficient, it can fail to grasp the lung chi, and so we can get things like asthma, coughing, and wheezing. Or we often say that there's wheezing where um, there's difficult, where there's more difficulty on inhalation. So this is another one where it we helps the kidney grasp lung chi, similar to things like bu dr or good ye. So that's another action of se shir. And so this one is kind of interesting. It's salty in flavor, but it doesn't really have any action of softening hardness. Here, I think when we say it's salty, that's just a sign that it goes to the kidney channel. So we're, we're dealing with a lot of kidney things by tonifying the kidney, helping with the hearing, helping the kidney grasp, the lung chi. So besides anchoring down the heart, this one also benefits the kidney as well. So maybe that's something you can think about se shir. Again, we um, use a larger-than-average dosage, and we cook it longer because it's a mineral. And the name Sishir uh, means magnetic stone. So maybe that can help you remember that it's magnetite. And again, "sure" means stone. We've seen this come up a lot when we have different minerals or stones. So like shirgao is stone paste, huashir is slippery stone, daijishir is a mineral. So. Uh, may, maybe by now you're familiar with that term. sure means stone. And so that's how we, that's one way we can know that it's a heavy substance that anchors down, uh, anchors the spirit, but it also anchors liver yang rising, and it also anchors rebellious lung qi, or anchors down the lung qi, so that the kidney can reach up and grasp it. So those are the heavy anchoring qualities of si shih. After that is zheng margarita genju margarita. And this is pearl. So this is kind of interesting. Um, so notice the picture here is not actually a pearl. This is mother of pearl or the shell that comes from the pearl. But so I don't actually have a sample. So I just put in the, the picture of the shell. Anyway, genju is pearl. Um, this one, again, I'm not I'm not sure that we use it very often, but we can say that it anchors and settles the spirit. So again, this is a heavy substance that anchors or weighs down the spirit for but here we can say it's for tremors, palpitations, childhood convulsions, and seizures. So here we're not just talking about irritability, anxiety. We're also talking about more severe shen disturbance um, where there's tremors and convulsions and seizures. So that's something to know. Um, we can think about like people clutching their pearls because they're in a state of shock. They're in such a state of shock that they, um, that they tense up. Uh, Also clears liver heat to brighten eyes. So for painful red swollen eyes, uh, blurred vision due to pterygium, which I think is like an infection. I think the common name is surfer's eye. Um, And here it's used topically as a powder. And again, like like a lot of our minerals or things, this promotes healing and generates flesh. So for chronic non-healing sores, uh, usually in the throat and gums. And this is the one that i see it most commonly used for is actually is it's actually used topically in beauty products as well so um this is a really common certain if you go to a, a chinese market they might have some uh, creams or lotions that have pearl powder or if you're doing a uh, cosmetic acupuncture some facial rejuvenation acupuncture that's a very common thing that they'll do that in addition to sticking the little needles in all the places to help rejuvenate the face, they will also do uh, something with some pearl powder, maybe in an, uh, egg whites or some other form. That'll like, ground up pearl powder and put it on the face, and that's supposed to make the skin brighter and more beautiful. Um, I think one of the things that this is supposed to do is it makes your skin lighter in complexion as well, and so I think that's a thing that several cultures are they, they, that's one of their beauty standards is they want to be, their skin to be light in complexion. So maybe that's not a nice thing to say, but I think that's how also how they use this was to actually lighten their complexion, make it uh lighter in terms of its shade as well. So I think that's another action of uh genju pearl powder. So that's kind of how I I've seen it used is that you can get genju. It's already ground up into a very fine powder. Um, actually, um, use caution during pregnancy. Um, the dosage is very small, and actually, uh, I've never used this internally, so I'm I'm not exactly sure how it's supposed to be used. And Bensky doesn't actually give uh, doesn't really ex- explain how would you how would you how you would use it. He does talk a lot about how you have to grind it into a very fine powder. That if it's. Uh, if it's coarse or kind of chunky, then it can very easily upset the stomach or not do what's supposed to. So you have to make sure you grind it very fine and there's a process for doing that. But I'm assuming what that means is you would either use this in pills or you would stir it into the decoction at the end and you would use a very small amount. So I'm assuming that you don't decoct this if you were taking it internally, but honestly, I'm not sure. If anybody has used this internally, let me know or write in the comments what's the proper way to use this, Because I've actually never used it in a raw formula. Really the only time I've used it or seen it used is topically on the face as a way to um, help the skin, nourish the skin and brighten the skin. So that's Genju um, Pearl. So it's very possible that you don't have Genju as a sample or it's very possible that you Maybe genju is very expensive, so you wouldn't actually use it in decoction, but we can also use the shell of genju, the shell that uh, creates the, the pearl. And so this is called also called mother of pearl, is the shell. So genjumu, uh, the shell of genju, also anchors and settles the spirit because, again, this is a shell, so it's a heavy mineral that's weighing things down for palpitations, anxiety, insomnia. Again, because of its heavy nature, it's also weighing down liver yang rising, so things like heaviness, dizziness, vertigo, tinnitus and insomnia, where that liver yang goes up into the head and causes head problems. Interesting here, it also clears liver heat to brighten eyes, for red, painful, swollen eyes, and sensitivity to light. So again, we could think about this because it's anchoring liver yang rising, it's anchoring that yang down. It makes sense that it helps, it would brighten the eyes as well. So we can add this to other things that we've learned that brighten the eyes. we it, it, It's not necessarily nourishing the liver to brighten eyes, like we saw with th- things like um, gochitsa or tusutza. We'd probably use this alongside more things like, remember in the drain fire category, we learned herbs like xia and jue mingza, that by clearing liver heat, that helps with the eye problems. This would be clearing liver heat and anchoring liver yang rising. And then, like we said, with a lot of shells and minerals, this also has an action of stopping bleeding, like we saw before with um Li, or um uh the one at the beginning and Hypia Xiao, cuttlefish bone. Really common from minerals to stop bleeding. So that's Genju Mu. That's the shell. We also use caution during pregnancy. So it could be that you don't have a sample in your sample kit of Genju Pearl, but maybe you do have a exa- uh, sample of genju Mu, the shell. And so it might be more common that you'd use the shell in decoction anyway. Notice the dosage is, lar- again, larger than average, and you cook it 30 to 60 minutes longer than the rest of the decoction. So that is genju Mu. After that is Zhe Shi Ying Floritum. Zhe Shi Ying. Fluoritum, and this is fluorite. So, again, a, um, a mineral. So, common to this category, this anchors and settles and calms the spirit because it's a heavy mineral. So, we say for disorientation, insomnia, palpitations, and anxiety due to either heart blood deficiency or liver yang rising. So, it can be used for heart blood deficiency as well. Interesting action here, it also warms the lung and descends rebellious cheese, so for cough, wheezing, and asthma due to cold. And this is kind of interesting because we don't have a lot of herbs that have this action of warming the lung. So the, the ones we've learned before, there's only a few of them. They were herbs like shangjiang, fresh ginger. We learned xixin, um, asarii. And then we learned Ganjong, uh, in the warm the interior category, also warms the lung. But remember, there's not a lot of herbs that have this action of warming the lung, so maybe that makes Zhe Ying stand out. I'll be honest, I've never actually used it in decoction. I would just go to the other ones like Ganjong or even sha, things like that. But it does have this action. And it also warms the uterus for profuse menses or infertility due to cold in the womb. So, you have if you have cold in the uterus, they remember we talked about this in the stop bleeding category. If there's cold, that can be a cause of bleeding, or there can have infertility due to cold. So, again, I've, I've never actually used this in but it is a thing, and so maybe that's something that we can note here is that, uh, unlike some of the other ones, most of the herbs substances in this category are cool in temperature this one is actually warm so besides anchoring things down it also warms the lung and warms the uterus as well the name Ying means purple stone radiance so again shur means stone very common for minerals and zhu means purple so we've seen this before with like zizao purple herb or Ding, things like that so zhu means purple so this is purple stone radiance and after that, this might be the last one, is hu-po-sukanum. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not entirely sure how to pronounce Latin. My Latin pronunciation is not very good. The Chinese pronunciation isn't that great either, but hu pull sukanum And this is amber, so like fossilized tree sap. So that's kind of the story behind uh, Jurassic Park is they had a, a mosquito got trapped in the tree sap and then the tree sap fossilized and that's amber. So that's what we're talking about here. So not really a mineral, but it's a hard, heavy substance So it's also going to anchor and settle the calm the spirit for palpitation, the anxiety, pre-streaming, insomnia, cramp, or seizure, so all those things. What's interesting here is that... Um, Maybe another action that makes it stand out is who also invigorates blood or can specifically say it invigorates blood and unblocks the menses. So specifically for menstruation problems like painful menses, amenorrhea due to stagnation or fixed abdominal masses due to blood stasis. Again, I feel like we have other herbs that do this, so I'm not sure I've ever actually used this one. Um, also promotes urination to treat lynn Syndrome, so especially for Shui uh, Lin or Bloody Lin, and also closes sores and generates flesh, like we've seen with a lot of minerals that it's uh, used topically. And then uh, Bensky also specifically points out it's all for, also for swelling and pain in the scrotum or vulva. Um, so if you have swelling, pain in the genitals, you can use pu Amber. So this one, because it's a like a hard sappy substance, you don't um, you don't cook it. You use a smaller amount, and you either swallow the powder or form it into a pill. This is a, this is one that we just don't cook. Like you're not going to extract anything. It's not going to melt or dissolve. So you just grind it into a powder and swallow it that way. So that's how we take, pool. So that's so those are our herbs that anchor, settle, and calm. Um, that by virtue of their heavy nature, they weigh down on the heart spirit, but they also weigh down, often weigh down uh, on liver yang rising as well. So those are ones that were throwing an anchor on a person. So they're being used for excess conditions. Uh, Here, we're getting into herbs that nourish the heart and calm the spirit. And these are ones that are, because of their sweet nourishing property, will use them for deficiency conditions, especially heart yin and heart blood deficiency. So that's what we're talking about in this section. So because we're nourishing the heart, these herbs are of course sweet in flavor because the sweet flavor tonifies and moistens. Temperature tends to be neutral. Entering channels are the heart, liver, and spleen. Of course, we're entering the heart channel because we're nourishing the heart, but sometimes we also enter the spleen channel as well because by by nourishing the spleen, then the spleen can send things up to the heart to nourish the heart. And also because we're tonifying blood, um, we might enter the liver channel as well. So here we have heart, spleen, and liver. These actions nourish the heart to calm the shun. And in terms of cautions and contraindications, these are relatively mild. They don't have a lot of side effects, so we don't really have a lot of cautions and contraindications. But here we might still um, want to combine them with other herbs that treat the root cause. So if we have shen disturbance due to blood deficiency, we might go to our category herbs that tonify blood. If we have shen disturbance due to yin deficiency, we might go to our category uh, herbs that tonify yin. If we have a situation where spleen qi deficiency is leading to heart blood deficiency, then we'd also add in herbs that tonify the spleen or tonify spleen chi. So that's something we can look at as well. And so our first one is a very famous herb, very commonly used herb, Swan Zou Ren Zizavi Spinosi Semen. Swan Zhao Ren Zizavi Spinosi Semen. This is sour jujube seed. So it even has a, it's sour in flavor, it has sour in the name, so this herb is sour. But like we said in the category, um Swan Zau Ren nourishes the heart to calm Shen. So for irritability, insomnia, palpitation, and anxiety due to yin and blood deficiency of the heart and liver. So this one, the action is a little bit weird to describe because different books will say it different ways. Sometimes they say it nourishes heart, blood, and liver yin, or it nourishes liver yin and blood and nourishes the heart. But basically, With Zhao Ren, we're tonifying both the liver and the heart, and we're tonifying both yin and blood. And so this makes it very good for calming the spirit, because again, sometimes we said there we can talk about the heart shen being disturbed, but also the hun in the liver can be disturbed as well. Here we're taking care of both, and so that's really convenient. Besides that, Swanzao Ren also has an action of inducing astringency to stop sweating. So this could be for spontaneous sweating, or it can be used for night sweats as well. So generally, when we say this, when we say spontaneous sweating, that's usually spontaneous sweating due to Qi deficiency. When we say night sweating, that's generally night sweats due to Yin deficiency. So it can be used for either one. And... Um, so again, it's sour in flavor, so it has this action of inducing astringency. And so here we have some special cooking instructions here where we say the raw form is slightly cool and better at yin deficiency insomnia with heat, but we can also use it in its dry fried form, chow suan zao ren, um, and that will make it slightly warm in temperature. So basically it's possible that we could have insomnia due to blood deficiency, and there the person, the patient is likely to be cold, so we wanna use the chow suan zao ren, or we could have insomnia due to yin deficiency. So it might be more likely we would want to use raw swans ao ren. If we have sweating due to qi deficiency, spontaneous sweating during the day, we might want to use chow swans ao ren because it's a little bit warmer. If we have night sweats due to yin deficiency, we might want to use the raw swans ao ren because it's neutral or slightly cool in temperature. Um, so that's something we, we, ha- we do have choices there. We do kind of make the note that... Um, Sometimes they they will say they do they do tests on the ability to extract the the um, main ingredients, or the alkaloids that we're trying to extract, and slightly roasting it actually results in better uh, extraction. And so some people would say you should always use the chow form. Then we also say that if you dry fry it too much, that will actually start to destroy some of those uh, active ingredients. So you want to. So really, if, if you were ordering this from an herb supplier, you would just order chow swan ren and not have to deal with it. But if you are trying to uh, make your own chow swan zow ren, you have to make sure that you don't cook it too much or you don't burn it. Because that could actually make the herb less effective. The other thing we need to know, the one that everybody forgets, is that um, you have to crush it before decocting. And so swanzauren, if you, if you have your sample, it's a very hard seed, it has a very hard outer shell. So if you don't crush it first, you're not going to extract anything. So this one, this is the most common one I would see in the student clinic where people would forget to crush swanzauren and it's kind of like you're not even using it at that point because that just that hard shell, you can't extract anything. So swanzauren, make sure you crush it. If you have it in your clinic, I would put a sticker on top of there that says, make sure you crush it first because it needs to be crushed in order to extract it. And here, when we say crush it, I know that a lot of people like to pretend they're Harry Potter and, like, use a mortar and pestle because it makes them feel like they're brewing a potion. Um, Swanzo Wren is very difficult to crush with a mortar and pestle. Just the seeds are very slippery. If you start to grind it up, they just kind of squirt out all over the place. It's very hard to actually crush them. So for these, what I would do is... Get a cheap coffee grinder and have that be the coffee grinder that you only use for herbs. And just you put your Swans Ren in the coffee grinder and just buzz it a few times and that will chop it up very nicely. It works really well. There are some things with like when you have hard minerals or, or more dense herbs, you need like an industrial grade grinder with Swans Ren, you can just get a cheap coffee grinder and that works just as well so speaking of grinding it up, we do say that if you have insomnia, swans over can be taken as a single herb and you swallow it as a powder. So grind it up into a very fine powder and just swallow it with water for insomnia. Uh, notice that, um, uh, that our tastes of our herbs are sweet and sour. So it's sweet because it nourishes the heart. It's sour because it induces astringency. And like we said, we want to crush it before decocting. And so the name of this herb is actually... Uh, sour date seed. When we talk about the five flavors, uh, swan means sour. So uh, zhao means date, like we saw before, dot zhao, big date in the um, tonify chi category. And ren means seed or kernel. So maybe that can help you remember some of the actions of uh, this herb that when you say swan zhao ren, it's sour date seed. So of course it's sour in flavor. So it induces astringency to stop sweating. So, um, maybe some other things we can say about Swanzao Ren is, with its sour flavor, on the one hand we can say the sour flavor is inducing astringency to stop sweating, but sometimes we also talk about this idea that the sour flavor can actually hold the heart chi together, or hold the spirit in and prevent it from scattering. So this is something I think we also talked about with uweiza is sour in flavor. And so is this idea that when the Shen, when the spirit is not coming home to its abode in the heart, it's kind of wandering around and it's scattered. So by virtue of its sour flavor, Swan Zou Ren can hold it in. So it's not really quite being heavy and anchoring it down, but it's sour flavor is holding things in. And so I think that's kind of an interesting idea here. But overall, I would say... Ren is very famous. It's a very famous herb for insomnia. So basically when you get into formula mo- formulas and formula modifications, it's very common to see whenever a person has insomnia, you might add in some swanzauren. So if you remember one thing about swanzauren, I would think insomnia. So by calming the shen, it's especially good for treating insomnia. So that's Swan's Auren, sour date seed. After that, a similar one is bitezerren claddy semen. I have to be careful with my tones here. bite when we have two third tones in the row. the first one uh turns into a second tone, so bite ren semen. This is Chinese Arborvitae seed, so Arborvitae is like a Kind of a tree bush thing. I think a, pe- a lot of people use it around the outside of their property to create like a natural screen. That's arborvitae. This is the seed of that of the Chinese species of arborvitae. So this one very similar to swan Tao ren, but let's see if we can point out a few differences. So uh, like everything in this category, it nourishes the heart, to calm shen for irritability, insomnia, forgetfulness, palpitation, and anxiety. So. Because the heart is lacking nourishment, the spirit can't come home to its abode in the heart. So we get these uh, disquieted or uneasy shen. What's interesting here is Bensky also says it's uh, specifically for night terrors in children. Um, I never thought this was very important, but I think somebody told me that on their test they got a question about this, about Bites um, i can 't remember if this was year ends or or some other test, but they got they said they got a question about bites of end being specifically for night terrors in children, so that might be something you want to remember um, but really just nourishes the heart and calms the spirit run also moistens the large intestine to relieve constipation. So this one is a seed. It's very oily. So it has those oils that can lubricate the large intestine and help relieve constipation. So especially in elderly or debilitated um, patients or with postpartum women. It's very common that the process of creating a baby and giving birth, uh, you lose a lot of blood. So it's very common in postpartum women that they'll have constipation due to blood deficiency. So this might be something that we can we can use. We talked about this a lot in the moist laxatives category. Um, So it's also oily and can help with constipation. And this one, in terms of stopping sweating, we specifically say it's for night sweats due to yin deficiency. So those are some of our differences here that... Um, Swanzao wren, remember it did not have that action of moistening the large intestine. So oftentimes when you have uh, seeds or kernels, the z or the wren, they, they have an action of moistening the large intestine, but Swanzao wren does not have that action. Bites of wren, however, does moisten the large intestine. But then also we said that Swanza Ren, because it's sour in flavor, we use it for both um, night sweats and spontaneous sweating. So we can, it's a little bit more versatile this way. Bites of Ren, we say it's really only for night sweating due to yin deficiency. So it's a little bit, um, doesn't have a bro- as broad of a range of actions in terms of stopping sweating. Down here, we have to say that um, this might kind of have to do with the oils that basically bites of wren goes rancid very easily and so you could say that it's the oils going rancid is the way one person explained it to me but um i think Bensky even makes and makes a note that as it gets older and goes rancid it actually forms carcinogenic uh uh things inside of it so it's something that if you're, you you want to store it in a cool place, you might not want to put a lid on it that can uh, make it go rancid faster. And then you want to like, don't keep it for a long time. You know, I have to continuously change out your stock because bites does go rancid very easily and it actually um, can become, have some bad properties once it goes rancid. And also um, the raw seeds can easily upset the stomach and cause nausea. So you want to use caution um, in patients with a weak digestion or, the, or you can, um, uh, prepare it in certain ways, like chow bites of wren, it can make it a little bit more tolerable on the stomach. But, but I think it's like sometimes those oils that help lubricate the large intestine, they can also upset your stomach. So if you're dealing with, um, if you're trying to use it for its uh, action of moistening large intestine relieve constipation, I think then you want to use the raw form, but then for these other actions, you might use it in its, uh, in a prepared form and this one also you crush before decocting so again i would just buzz this a few times in a coffee grinder so that's Bitesaren, Arbor arborvitae seed after that is huan p albiziae cortex huan p albiziae cortex huan p this is kind of an interesting one um because we don't really, it's not necessarily nourishing. Let's just say that when we don't actually say it nourishes the heart to calm the spirit, the way we word it is it relieves constraint and calms the spirit. So this is for things like bad temper, depression, insomnia, irritability, and poor memory due to constrained emotions. So usually when we are talking about constraint, we're talking about liver constraint, that when the liver fails in its function of free coursing, uh, you get systemic systemic qi stagnation uh, or constraint all over. And this especially happens, again, like we talked about with emotions, that um, when you constrain your emotions or you're not expressing your emotions, that can cause the qi to become constrained. So so for Hu Huan Pi, this one, at least for me, I don't necessarily think of this as a nourish the heart to calm the spirit. This this one I would normally use um, if you have a patient with those Shen problems, but they also have some liver problems as well. They have some liver constraint or things like that. So this one, it's it's not quite as tonifying as something like Swan's RN, but it's it's good for when, when the liver is a component, be like angry, stressed out people, that their liver is not free coursing, and that causes Shen problems. That's typically when I use he huan so that's something I would think about. And then he huan also invigorates blood, um, can be used for injury and trauma, swelling and pain, uh, it can also be used for heat toxicity-related source and swellings, but in these actions, it's mild. The is also, uh, you say, use caution in pregnancy, I think this is because it's, it's invigorating property that it's both relieving constraint, which sounds like coursing liver chi, but it also invigorates blood, so that movement, maybe we want to use caution during pregnancy. Um, the name Huan Pi means "conjoined happiness bark," which I think is an, an interesting name. Huan Pi. Huan uh, means happiness. So I think with this one, um, that's actually the traditional character. It, I kind of have this problem where I think in in my acupuncture notes I tend to use traditional characters, but in my herb notes I usually use the simplified character. But for some reason, this one I use the traditional character for Huan. It means happiness. Um, So, like, in Chinese, if you say you like something, like you say, I like coffee, you would say, So, it's kind of like when you say, I like coffee, you're like, coffee makes me happy. So, means happiness. Or um, there's some little, uh, some sesame balls where it's like, you have some red bean paste in the middle, and then there's a ball, and you cover it in sesame and deep fry it. Those are called, like... uh, Happy sesame balls. It has the word Juan in it as well. So Juan means happiness, might be a good one to know. Huh, here it says conjoined. I might be wrong, but I think sometimes huh we also translate as harmonize. i I might be I might be wrong about that. But anyway, I think conjoined happiness or harmonious and happy happiness. So you can think about like you're stressed out, um, you're not your constrained emotions, you're not expressing your emotions, that's causing constraint. So you take He Huan Pi, and it just makes you happy because you're relieving that constraint. So that's He Huan Pi Albiziae Cortex. After that is Ye Jiao Tung Polygony Multiflorus Collis. Ye Jiao Tung Polygoni Multiflorus Collis. And this is also called showu Wu teng. So, if you remember in the tonify blood category, we learned He Shou Wu, polygony radix. erratics. Um, so, He Shou Wu is the root of that plant. Now we're learning the vine of the plant. So, this is also called Show Wu Tong or the vine of the Show Wu plant. So, either Ye Jia Tong or Showu Wu Tong. this one nourishes the heart, uh, to Shen. So especially for insomnia and irritability, and if we wanted to point something out, we could say especially for dream-disturbed sleep as well. So that might be something that, if you have a patient that has insomnia and they have a lot of dreams, they're tossing and turning, they don't feel well rested because of the profuse dreaming, maybe you would choose a formula that's good for them and then add in some Ye Jiao Tang. But besides um, besides calming the spirit, Ye Jiao Tang also tonifies blood and unblocks the channels. So for things like weakness, pain, soreness, and numbness due to blood deficiency, or for pain due to B syndrome. So this is another one. You can you can maybe remember when we talked about the category herbs that dispel wind dampness. We we're talking about B syndrome and the various causes of B syndrome. Um, we could have blockage in the channels, so we wanted to unblock the channels to treat B syndrome. This is something that we also talked about that um, blood deficiency can lead to wind conditions as well. So when we talk about winds, one of the causes of wind is blood deficiency. You can think that normally you have a blood vessel and that the blood is supposed to fill up the blood vessel, but if you have blood deficiency, the the blood only fills up the vessel halfway, and that allows room for wind to blow. So when we say B syndrome or some of these conditions, we can say, oh, there's blood deficiency, so that's um, causing the stirring of internal wind. We could say because of blood deficiency, it's not nourishing the tendons, so we get some of this weakness, pain, and soreness. Um, But anyway... You can think about B syndrome or problems in the limbs due to blood deficiency. And remember, tongue means vine. So you can think that vines are soft and flexible. So when you take vines, it makes your channels soft and flexible. So it can unblock the channels and smooth and relax the sinew. So that's one of the, we don't have a lot of herbs that do that, I guess is what I'm saying. And so that's one of the things that makes Yejiao Tong special, is that it's good for these types of symptoms due to blood deficiency. It also be used externally for itching and rash. Um, so like we said, Jiao Tong, it also goes by the name Shou Wu Tong, which was, so if you remember the story of He Shou Wu, this was a guy that, there was a guy named Mr. Hu. He. he was born with congenital kidney deficiency. So uh, he had a lot of weakness, soreness in the low back. Um, he was impotent. Uh, he had erectile dysfunction. He couldn't, he couldn't have children and his hair turned gray. And addition in addition to this, he was also an alcoholic uh so he would just you would just sit around and drink drink all day one time when he was drinking he passed out on his porch and when he woke up, he saw two he saw a plant with the vines and the vines looked like he thought they looked like two people making love and so he thought that was a sign so he dug up the root and took the root and that um that cure that that cured him. He was now strong. He no longer had a weak sort weak lower back. He his hair turned gray and he had like 17 children. And so kind of the point here is that in that story, he rolled over and saw this plant and saw the vines looked like two people making love. That vine he saw was Ye Jiao Tung or Shouwut. And so the name is nocturnal commingling vine. And so that's basically a way of saying Vines look like two people having sex. And so that's, that's Ye Jiao Tung, nocturnal commingling vine. And it's related to the story of He Shou Wu, or Mr. Hu's black hair. This is the vine of that plant. So Ye Jiao nocturnal commingling vine, or Shou Wu Tung, Mr. Hu's hair, uh, black hair vine. So either one, Ye Jiao or Shou Wu Tong for this one, I would remember it also has this action of tonifying blood to treat things like B-syndrome. And I believe our last one here is Yon-Jer polygalyratics, Yon-Jer polygalyratics. And this is another one that I feel like it doesn't quite fit in in this category. So here we don't necessarily say that it tonifies the heart to calm the spirit. We say, just say it calms the spirit and sharpens the mind for things like insomnia, profuse dreaming, palpitations, and forgetfulness. Um, and we also use it in cases of emotional constraint for kidney and heart, not communicating. So we don't notice that it's not sweet in flavor. We don't, we kind of avoid saying that it tonifies blood or nourishes the heart. We just say it calm by some way. It calms the spirit. Um, but then we also say it transforms phlegm to open heart orifices, so for disorientation, mania withdrawal, or seizure, and all it may also be used for phlegm in the lung. it not only transforms phlegm in the heart it also transforms phlegm in the lung for cough with copious sputum so for yuan uh yuan Jur, basically the the way my Chinese teacher explained this to me is that he said in terms of calming the spirit, we should actually have three categories: we can anchor settle and calm, we can nourish the heart and calm, or we can transform phlegm to calm Shen. And so in his opinion, Yuan Jur should be in its own category of herbs that transform phlegm to calm Shen. And that's what we're saying here is that there could be some phlegm misting the heart orifices. You can say that there's like a veil of phlegm blocking your sensory orifices. So sometimes you see this where it's like, you have a patient where it's like they're not all there. You can tell their, their Shen, their spirit is kind of dull and you try to ask them questions and they're just not present. Again, when we were like, we're looking at the Shen in the eyes, there's like, there's not, they're not present. There's like a veil between their inside mind and the outside world. That's what we mean here. And so especially things like disorientation, confusion. We can also use this for like forgetfulness. It's, it could be that you're studying and you can never remember things. It's because there's some there's some phlegm blocking the information from getting into your mind. So that's how I think of yonder. I don't necessarily think of it as a sweet tonifying herb. I think of it more as a phlegm transforming herb. I think maybe if anything, we could say that, um, when you talk about kidney and heart not communicating, sometimes what they'll say is that this helps the kidney, the kidney chi, it brings it up into the heart and that's how we're nourishing the heart. That we're not actually using a a sweet flavor to tonify heart blood, but we're kind of helping the kidney chi come up into the heart so that it can be nourished. But really I think of this more as a phlegm transforming herb for either um, these signs of phlegm misting or either uh, phlegm in the lung. Also treats abscesses, swellings, and sores. So for boiled abscesses, sores, painful swollen breasts. That's another thing it does. But Um, Here we can say um, unprepared. Unprepared yonder easily irritates the stomach. So I think there are a couple prepared forms. We can either dry fry it or stir fry it in honey. Um, So I think especially if we're trying to, if we have some, uh, phlegm in the lung that we're trying to loosen it up we can we might use the one that's stir-fried in honey to make it a little bit more moistening um, but but just be careful that um, it could also cause some uh, irritation and the name yuan jir means profound will so this is kind of, this is kind of i think an interesting name that it um, so so basically i i borrowed i think Bensky doesn't, I'm not sure he says sharpens the mind. I think that's a Nigel Weissman term, but sort of the way I think about this one when we say sharpening the mind is, I've known some people who use that, like I said, especially like if you're studying, if you have poor memory, if you have forgetfulness, if you have confusion, then Yonder sharpens the mind and you have this profound will that you're able to um, bring the knowledge in. So I tend to think of Yonder more like that. We have a couple formulas where it's used along other other, um, phlegm herbs. For that reason, so like gingerwan, some people would say, oh, if you're having if you're having confusion and you're having difficulty studying or difficulty retaining the information, um, using gingerwan and other and herbs like yuanzhu would help with that. So that's kind of how I think about this one. Again, not sweet in flavor, so I don't know if it's how tonifying it actually is. That's yuanzhu, polygaliratics, and just as a bonus one, we'll talk about this real quick is lingzhu. Ganoderma lingzhi, and this is reishi, a reishi mushroom. And so this is a mushroom that I think it's reishi sounds like the Japanese name. So I'm I'm not sure if it's if it's Chinese or Japanese um, natively. Um, but but this is the one lingzhi. It's it's something that pe- uh, a lot of people even outside of Chinese medicine are familiar with. It's something that it's very common to have in your clinic, even though we don't. It's usually not on our syllabus. I don't think it's on the NCCOM list. And it certainly it doesn't come up in any of our traditional formulas but it might be a good one to be familiar with that it also nourishes the heart to calm the spirit and tonifies qi and blood so it's a good uh general tonic and i think um this is lately people are using reishi as like a a no tropic that it can help you know if they want to concentrate or um, help sharpen their mind it's something they use and so i just want to bring this up that we do see this in tcm as well it's called Lingzhi, reishi mushroom, so that's another one you might see um, in your clinic as well, but again, we don't really have any formulas where lingzhi is an ingredient, but just know that it comes up in this category, and that is substances that calm the spirit. So again, we had two subcategories. We had the anchor, settle, and calm that anchors and weighs down on the spirit so that it stays in its abode in the heart. It also often anchors down liver yang rising as well. So those were used a lot for excess conditions. Whereas herbs that nourish the heart and calm the spirit more often used for deficiency conditions, that they tonify heart yin, tonify heart blood, so that the shen can feel comfortable and nourished in its home in the heart. So what I like to do now is just go over a couple formulas where these herbs pop up. Again, this is not meant to be a formula class, so we're not going to go uh, too deeply into the f- uh, functions of these formulas. But sometimes I think it's just good to see some context of where these herbs and, uh, come up and how they're used. And so that can maybe help you remember some of the major actions of these herbs as well and some of the things that are important and you want to pay attention to. So one, I think we, we might have talked about this in the stabilize and bind category, but san oyster shell powder, san oyster shell powder. And again, this is a good one that's for sweating. And so here I just want to bring this up again, because besides using some of our stabilize and bind herbs, the main the main one here is mouli, uh, oyster shell, mouli, uh it's both salty and astringent, so it's astringent nature, makes it good for stopping sweating. And so here we're just combining a bunch of herbs that stop sweating. So mouli is oyster shell. It induces astringency to stop sweating, either for spontaneous sweating or night sweats. Huang qi was in the tonified qi category. Remember we said that one strengthens the exterior and strengthens the Wei qi, so the sweat can't leak out. Ma huang gun is the root of ma huang, so ma huang the leaf promotes sweating, but ma huang the, the root stops sweating or induces astringency. And then fu xiao mai is floating wheat, that's another one that is kinda cool and bitter in flavor, uh, but it goes to the heart and stops sweating. So here we have um, a couple, we just combine a couple herbs together that stop sweating, and we end up with a formula that stops sweating. But kinda my point here is that, basically we have a formula called oyster shell powder, and that formula is good for stopping sweating probably means you should remember that muli is also good for stopping sweating so besides anchoring the the spirit and anchoring liver yang rising it also induces astringency to stop sweating so muli is there Uh, Another one that I think we also talked about in the stabilizing bind category was Jin Suo Gu Jing Wan, metal lock pill to stabilize essence. And so this one was for chronic spermatorrhea, nocturnal emissions, leakage of kidney essence. And so remember there we talked about um, Sha Yuanza. That's the seed of Huangqi. We learned that in the tonify Yang category. So Sha Yuanza tonifies kidney yang and also stops leakage. We had some of our leakage herbs like qianshu and lienza. Lienza is lotus seed, qianshu is foxnut. So those were good for inducing astringency to stop diarrhea, but also uh, binding up the kidneys or securing kidney essence to stop leakage. But then you can see we also have longgu and muli as well. So here we're adding those in for that action of um inducing astringencies to stop leakage of kidney essence as well. So again, here, the reason I'm bringing this up is we have this astringent action, but we'll see uh, Longu and Muli use for both sweating, inducing astringency to stop sweating, but we also see it for leakage of kidney essence as well. So Longu and Muli have both of those actions. And then another one that that we talked about longgu and muli are often used together and one example of this is chaihu jia longgu muli tong. So blue plum, chaihu's blue pleurum, plus dragon bone and oyster shell decoction. So we started with we kind of started with chaihu tong and then added longgu and muli. This one so this this formula is actually a little bit weird. Uh, this is a shanghan lun formula when we talked about the the six levels, taiyang, yangming, shaoyang, taiyin, shaoyin, jueyin. Um this is this is a formula from Zhong Zhong Jing where you have that cold pathogen that's simultaneously in all three yang levels. So, so sometimes I think about like it gets into the Shao Yang level um and then because you inappropriately used purgatives it got maybe you had some uh, attack on a, a more superficial level because you use purgatives that drew it in deeper into the body and now you have this pathogen in all three yang levels simultaneous tai yang yangbing xiao yang. Bing, That's what it was originally used for. And you can kind of see that in terms of the ingredients that remember Chai Hu and Huangqin are two herbs for yang disorder. Gui is an herb for Tai Yang disorder, Ta Yang deficiency uh on the exterior. Da Huang uh, rhubarb was our herb for yangming bowel disorder. It's a purgative that purges the large intestine. So we have this uh, this pathogen on all three levels, so we use herbs from all three levels. So that's how it was originally used. But in addition to the that, we also, um, because we have this pathogen in all three levels, it's like the spirit starts floating away. And so we get things like irdicose. Irritability with occasional fright palpitations or delirious speech. So, in addition to this pathogen in all three levels, we're seeing some shen disturbance as well. So, we add in some longgu and muli to anchor things down. Um, diyashur. I'm not. I don't think we've actually learned that one yet. But diyashur is another mineral that anchors things down. So, we're anchoring down the spirit. So, that was the original usage of this formula when Zhong Zhong Jing created it. It was for a disorder of all all three. Um, all three yang levels, but it turns out in modern times, uh, modern physicians have expanded the usage of this formula, and so we'll actually just use this for a lot of shen disturbance type things, especially when there's some liver involvement or some liver constraint, because we basically have shao chai hu tong in there. Um, so things for like depression, mania, withdrawal, and other other types of disorders like that. So this this is an example where. Our first one, we are using Longu, or we we're using muli to stop sweating. Our second one, we are using it to stop leakage of essence. Here's an example where we we're using Longu and muli to anchor the spirit. And it turns out, at least when we go by the NCCM list, we don't learn a lot of other anchoring formulas. So this, there's only a few cases where it pops up. But after that, we can get into our nourishing formulas. And these are very commonly used. These are some formulas that are very commonly used in clinic. So we have swan Zou ren Tong, sour jujube decoction, swan Zou ren Tong. Of course, the chief herb here is swan Zou Ren, And what we said, swan Zou Ren nourishes the heart to calm the spirit, especially for insomnia. This is like our number one herb or number one formula for insomnia. Um, so here... Technically, we say the pattern is liver blood deficiency with constraint. Kind of the idea here is that there's a there's a condition called shu lao um, deficiency taxation, um, or we could say there's another condition called deficiency irritability. Um, deficiency taxation—it's like you're overworked. You you've you uh, you have taxation fatigue that you've worked. You work so much then you never rest, and so that actually started to burn up your blood. And so because now you have blood deficiency, you can't sleep. And so this is a really interesting pattern where it's like people are so tired they can't sleep. So on the one hand, they have deficiency, they have taxation fatigue, so they're worn out, but then when they go to bed at night they can't sleep. And so one of the modern examples I use of this is uh, athletes who are overtraining. And so th- this is actually a symptom when you say you're overtraining that you're you're training for hours a day, you you you're lifting weights or doing your training for hours a day, you you don't get adequate rest, you get into a period of overtraining and that's w- one of those symptoms of overtraining is insomnia. It's like they're they're tired, they're worn out, but then at night they can't sleep. So that's uh, taxation fatigue, Shu Lao, or if there's some like deficiency in your overworked that can make you very irritable, which is another type of Shen disturbance. So that's when you use swanzo Ren Tong. So here we're talking about liver blood deficiency with constraint, but remember, like we said, with swanzo Ren, it's tonifying both the heart and the liver. So we can say nourishes liver yin and heart blood or nourishes the yin and blood of both the heart and liver. So that's what we're using it for. And so we should just know that in terms of insomnia, Swanzo Rentong is our most famous formula for insomnia, but we need to remember it's only for insomnia due to deficiency. So that's Swanzo Rentong, very famous, very uh, commonly prescribed formula. Another very commonly prescribed one is Guay Pitong, restore the spleen decoction. Guay Pi tong, restore the spleen decoction. And this is for a pattern of spleen chi deficiency with heart blood deficiency. So what happens here is uh, you start off with spleen qi deficiency, you have digestive problems, your spleen can't break down the food. When spleen can't break down the food, it can't send the qi up to the heart to create blood, and so you end up with heart blood deficiency. So you start with spleen qi deficiency, now the spleen can't nourish the heart, and you end up with heart blood deficiency. And so we're going to see certain shen problems like forgetfulness, palpitations. We can have palpitations with or without anxiety. Insomnia, dream disturbed sleep, anxiety and phobia. These are feverishness and withdrawal. And so these are all uh, signs of shun disturbance. So these are shun disturbance due to heart blood deficiency. But then we also see reduced appetite and pallid complexion, indicating that there's some underlying spleen deficiency as well. So we can kind of make sense of this by looking at the ingredients. We start out with our four gentlemen, Renchen Baiju, Fu Ling, Jirganzao, but then we add in Huangqi. And then notice here we, over there we say Fu Shen. So Fu Ling is the poria um, is the fungus that grows around the root. Fu shen is the portion that includes the root. We say fu shen is better for calming the shen, so that's why we often substitute fu shen for fu ling. And so we have one group of herbs that tonifies spleen cheat, and we have another group of herbs that nourishes the heart and calms the spirit. So swan zao ren, um, what well, we learned in this category. Long yan ro, we actually learned in the tonify blood category. Long yan ro is dragon eye flesh, longan fruit. But it was in the tonify blood category, but we said tonifies blood to calm shen. And then you again, we learned in this category for calming the spirit as well. So this is kind of a a straightforward formula where you have spleen chi deficiency that leads to heart blood deficiency. How do we treat it? Well, we take our basic formula for tonifying spleen chi for gentlemen, and then we add in some herbs from this category, herbs that uh, nourish the heart to calm shen, and that's how we deal with it. So again, this is a very commonly used formula in our clinic, especially for um, for patients who have insomnia or anxiety, I would, I would say I, I feel like I have a lot of female patients that it's um, they they get palpitations and anxiety or they have panic attacks and uh, guapi tong is a very common one to use in that situation. So that's guapi tong, restore the spleen decoction. Another one, Tianwang uh Emperor of Heaven special pill to tonify the heart. Tianwang Buxindan, this uh, more literally Tian means heaven, so Heavenly Emperor tonify the heart pill. I think is a more literal way to translate it. And this is the first situation of kidney and heart not communicating. So in this one, before we said when the spleen is deficient and no longer nourishes the heart, what's happening here is because kidney yin is deficient. When you have kidney yin deficiency, that heat flares up and harasses the heart. So we end up with heat in the heart. And that eventually burns up the yin in the heart. So you end up with heart yin deficiency. So, or another way we could say it is normally the water of the kidney is supposed to cool the fire of the heart and they kind of balance each other out. But when you have kidney yin deficiency, that fire flares up and um, it makes the heart fire even worse. So we get Shen problems like irritability, palpitations with anxiety, uh, fatigue, insomnia, with very restless sleep, so like you're tossing and turning a lot, inability to think or concentrate, again a shen problem, and then we can have other uh, kidney yin deficiency signs. Um, forgetfulness also a shen problem, but dry stools, dry mouth and tongue, uh, night sweats, also yin deficiency signs. So you can see here that um, we can use some of our shen calming herbs like swan ren, bai ren, and yuan zhu. So yuan zhu and all these things, they They're treating more the branch symptoms of uh, Shen disturbance, but we're gonna add in other herbs that treat the root cause. So things that tonify yin and also clear heat. So Shengdi Huang, very good for tonifying yin and generating fluids. Maimendong, remember when we learned Maimendong in the tonify yin category? We not only said it tonifies lung and stomach yin, we also said it has this action of clearing heart heat. Well, here's an example where we're using Maimendong also to clear heart heat because that kidney yin is flaring up into it, Um, and then some other cooling herbs. Um, Also notice over, you see over in the last column, uweza is also there, um, schissandra fruit. And so one of the, because of this kidney yin deficiency, we have night sweats as well. And so here it's really convenient that we can use uweza to induce astringency to stop sweating, Swanzao Ren, besides just nourishing the heart to stop sweating, it also induces astringency to stop sweating. So with Swanzao Ren, we're not only dealing with the Shen disturbance, but the Swanzao Ren and the Baitzao Ren are also dealing with the night sweats as well. So that's kind of uh, that's kind of convenient. And again, remember with Uwezi, we said that its sour flavor also prevents the heart chi from scattering. So Uwezi also has some sort of Shen calming effect as well. So This is kind of an interesting one that you can go, you can look through it and we, I think we've learned most of these herbs so far here. So uh, kind of interesting to see the herbs in action sometimes. So that is our category, Substances that Calm the Spirit. If we want to do a quick review, again we started with substances that anchor, settle, and calm the spirit that weigh down the heart shen. So we learned longgu and mu li. These are very similar herbs. Both of them have an action of anchoring and settling the spirit. They also anchor liver yang rising. They they also have an astringent action that stops sweating. Maybe a way we can differentiate them is that Mu Li, um, it's a little bit more cool in temperature, so it's it's better when we're dealing with yin deficiency. And Mu Li also has an action of softening hardness and nodules as well. Mu Li is also salty in flavor to soften hardness. So sure, anchor Cell and Calms is magnetite. It also weighs down liver yang rising. Um, this one we also said it has this action of... Uh, sharpening, hearing, and brightening the eyes. So sure, this is the one we said that's where it also enters the kidney channel as well. So when there's uh, kidney deficiency with liver yang rising. So this is one that was salty in flavor, so it entered the kidney. Genju is pearl. It anchors, and it was especially for things like spasm, tremor, convulsion. Uh, We could also use it topically as a beauty product. And then we also talked about genju Mu, the shell of pearl might be more often used. Zixue Ying is the purple one that anchors and settles and calms the spirit. Um, also descends rebellious lung qi as well and warms the uterus. So zh, I feel, I feel like there's a for some for some reason the way I remember this is there's a point called a uh, purple palace and so some for some reason I associate that with the uterus. So that's how I remember. Zixue Ying also warms the uterus for infertility. Who pull is amber, it anchors cells and calms the spirit and um, also regulates blood and treats lin syndrome so longu and muli are by far the most important ones. the other ones you might not see very use very often. Then we had herbs that nourish the heart and calm the spirit, so swanzaren and bitoren again very similar they're both good for nourishing the heart and calming the spirit, especially for in um, swanzoren, especially for insomnia but um, maybe a way to differentiate them is that um, Swanza it's, Ren it's very sour and good for stopping sweat, sweating, both uh, spontaneous sweating and night sweats, whereas bites of Ren has those oils that moisten the large intestine. He huan pi is the one that's more about relieving uh, constraint, constrained emotions to calm the spirit. So I think about people with liver constraint who are stressed and irritable. They're not expressing their emotions, and that's what's causing their Shen disturbance. Use he huan pi. Yejiao Tung, this was the vine of uh, uh, He Shou Wu, so it nourishes the heart and calms the spirit, but it's the, the commingling vine. Um, but because it's a vine, it's also good for unblocking the channel. So you can, so you can think that vines maybe look like your channels. so it's good for nourishing blood and unblocking the channels. Anjur calms the spirit, but this one I think more about um, transforming phlegm to calm spirit. So that is our category, substances that calm the spirit. So if you're watching this video, you're probably about the halfway point or a little bit farther in your herbology three semester. So this might be a good time to start thinking about finals and even year ends. So what we've been doing in these videos is we've been going through each category in detail. This is really good if you're seeing these herbs or learning these herbs for the first time. We go into a lot of detail. But if you're studying for a big test, like finals or year-ends or boards, and you wanna review all the herbs, but you wanna do it in a more quickly, more efficient way, then maybe you wanna check out the single herb review course that's now available on uh, Teachable. And so in this course, we're going through all of the herbs, all of the categories, but we're doing it, we're just kind of touching on the key points of each one. So you can see here that um, we start out going through the properties of herbs, uh, taste, temperature, entering channel, then some things like uh, we talked about the different ways to prepare herbs when you talk about calcining in this in this one and stuff like that. So talk about the different ways to prepare herbs. We talk about the different ways to combine herbs and the 18 incompatible herbs. If you're taking year ends or boards, you're definitely gonna get questions about the 18 incompatible herbs so we go over some of that basic stuff We talk about the importance of herb categories when it comes to knowing your herbs, answering questions, and especially when it comes to things like formula modifications, a lot of times just knowing the category can take you most of the way there. So we talk about the categories, knowing the category, and then we just go through each category one at a time. And so here, what we're doing is, instead of going into detail and spending two hours on each category, we're just going through each one very quickly hitting on the main points. So some of these, some of these, we're just going through them quickly in five to 10 minutes. And so, what we're doing is we again talk about the properties and the category as a whole, but when we get into the actual herbs, we're just hitting on some of those key points. And so, this can be a good way to review. Each one has, each section has handouts that go along with it um, that just give you a quick summary of the herb. Each one also has a practice test that goes along with it. So, you can um, test yourself on each category, or you can come to the end and test yourself on uh, a larger things. So if we're treating tai Yong deficiency, we probably want to use wager Cinnamon ramula. So there's there's a lot of practice questions here. Also, additionally, what a lot of people have been saying they like about this is for each one, there's also the audio that you can download. So if you're in the car or going for a walk, you don't necessarily have to watch the video. You can just listen to the audio. So basically, if you're studying for one of those big tests like finals, your urines or boards, and you want to go through all the herbs quickly, check out that course. There's a link in the description below. But that's it for this time with uh, substances that calm the spirit. I think our next one is uh, kind of kind of a similar theme, but more severe is uh, aromatic substances that open the heart orifices. So in that one, we're, uh, we're talking about more severe Shen problems like unconsciousness like you faint or you're unconscious so we'll use aromatic herbs to open up the heart orifices and, and restore consciousness so that's our next one but that's all for this one we'll see you next time